0: And welcome to Generation Mix. This is the podcast where a father and a son review the CDs the dad's been making for the son for the last five years or so. I'm the dad, I'm Neil.
1: I'm the son, I'm Joel.
0: And welcome to season two. We've been off air for about a month or so because we finished off with season one not long ago and then did our review of the whole year, didn't we? Yeah. So if you want to go back and check any previous episodes, they'll all be downloadable from wherever you got this from. But season two kicks off afresh and we're starting off with the music of
1: Stevie Wonder.
0: Stevie Wonder is a great pop soul artist. He's been going around since the 60s when he had his first hit with a track called Fingertips. He originally started off as a harmonica player and he's, we'll, we'll come on to some of his harmonica playing a bit later. But do you know anything about Stevie Wonder? No. So he's one of the most decorated artists of all time. He's won Grammy Awards in the 70s, like they're coming out of his ears. He's had massive hit singles throughout his career. And the second most important thing about him is he happens to be blind and blind from birth. So he's achieved all this without ever being able to actually see. Wow. That is pretty impressive. It means, obviously, he can't read music because that's a visual medium. So should we dive in?
2: Yeah!
0: So the first track I've picked is from an album called Songs in the Key of Life, which came out in 1976. It was a double album and then a bit more because he released it as a double album plus a seven inch single attached with it as well. So a huge amount of music and many people think it's his magnum opposite. And we're going to kick off with the track Sir Duke.
1: I quite like this one, mm-hmm. but it sounds a lot like a latest song that I can't, can't put my finger on. Just yeah. Um, well, what I was thinking, what I was thinking was "Forget You" by Cee like Lo Forget Green. You. Well,
0: who do you think Cee Green's been influenced by?
1: Him, probably Stevie.
0: Yeah. Stevie Wonder is an amazing influence and Sir Duke was a number two hit single in the UK. Mm -hmm. We will touch on his sole UK number one single at some point, but we probably won't be listening to it because it's a horrible song. So let's move back in time through his career to the album Talking Book, which is kind of often cited as the start of his purple patch when he was releasing classic Grammy-winning album after classic Grammy-winning album Mm -hmm. And this song was written for a fella called Jeff Beck, um, who chose not to record it. And this song contains one of the best riffs you'll ever hear, one of the funkiest riffs done on a guitar. I have to think it's a bass line, but it's not a bass line. You can hear the bass separately that you'll ever hear. And it's from Talking Book and it's Superstition. I love superstition and not only do you have that funk bass line but then later on you then get another killer hook with the horns going over the top of it, it's an incredible piece of music, I can't believe that actually Jeff Beck didn't record it.
1: My one question is how is he supposed to tell other people that help him how to do things?
0: That is actually a really good question. Without so m- a lot. The music. He himself plays a lot. He's a multi-instrumentalist like Paul McCartney is. He can play drums, keyboards, although keyboards is a major instrument along with the harmonica. He can play guitars and bass. He's, he's, he's a genuine musical genius. But other instrumentalists, he kind of just tells them what he's playing and expects them to join in and work it out. And because he works with such top-notch musicians, they do that. And I really like those lyrics. Did you pick up on them? Things like 13 years of bad luck or 13-month-old baby. So you've got the superstition of 13. uh, Broke the looking glass, which is about you get seven years of bad luck when you break um, a, a mirror. The stuff about walking under ladders. It's such a cleverly written song. And there's then that line that says, if you believe in things that you don't understand, then you suffer. After Songs in the Key of Life... Stevie Wonder had an album called The Secret Life of Plants which was critically panned but he came back in 1980 with a very commercial album called Hotter Than July and this was one of the hit singles from it it's called Master Blaster Jamming. OK, do you know what kind of music it is?
1: Reggae.
0: Yeah, you've been studying in your music lessons at school. Like two lessons. One of, it's a tribute, I think, to Bob Marley, who did actually have a track called Jamming. And yeah, I, I quite like it. It's not my favourite Stevie Wonder song at all. Uh, that will be coming on a bit later and I'll see if you can guess which one it is. You'll have to uh, see which ones I particularly list, like when we listen to it. So let's move back to the songs in the key of life from 76 and a song about his newborn daughter called Isn't She Lovely.
1: Okay.
0: So it has it's critics who people think it's quite repetitive but that was actually the short version so I picked the single version rather than the one that starts off with a baby's cry at the beginning and goes on for a bit longer it's still a beautiful piece of music and it's a lovely sentiment about I I, I understood that when Ruth was born isn't she lovely, isn't she beautiful
1: how can you tell <laughs>
0: Oh, I she might could... <laughs> I might have to leave that in Joel.
1: <laughs> she could be the ugliest baby that's ever been born and he wouldn't know.
0: <laughs> I can't. Let's move on. Let's move on to another track <laughs> from Hotter Than July. And this was a single in the UK yeah. in the top 10 and it's called Lately.
2: My eyes won't let me hide, cause they always start to cry. Cause this time could mean goodbye.
1: Again, I'm there, it was okay.
0: I'm a bit cross.
1: Why was that your favorite? That is my
0: favorite. I love lately I think the lyrics on it, the tune on it is wonderful. It's about the suspicions that a man has that his wife might not be being faithful.
1: Mm.
0: The, it's, it's interesting what you said in the previous song about the fact that he's blind. Because that song is all written by like things like, I've, I've detected that far more frequently you're wearing perfume. And I heard you mention someone else's name as we were sleeping. And it's all about actually how you would detect it without visual signals. It's actually a very cleverly written song. I think it's a beautiful ballad. It's a little bit heartbreaking when you know the subject matter of it. But lately is blooming great. It's the best thing for me on hotter than July, and certainly as far as actual songwriting is concerned, I think it's the best thing on this compilation mm. I made you. I love Lately. It's in my top 100.
1: Well, so was it something that was actually going on in his life?
0: Um, or- I think it possibly was. Oh. I think it might have been about the breakdown, perhaps, of his either his first or his second marriage, I'm not sure. Mm. Don't hold me to that, folks. I could be wrong. Let me know in comments if I am wrong. I frequently am, aren't I, Joel? Correct. So let's go to another track from Songs in the Key of Life. Like I said, it was a double album plus a seven inch with a further three or four songs on it. And this is Pastime Paradise.
2: So this phrase tell me who are them will come to me How many are yeah. them? Are you happy? Dissipation, resolutions, consolation.
1: There's, I recognize it from the parody that from
0: Weird Al Jankovic.
1: Weird Al Jankovic. Am- Amish Paradise.
0: Yeah, but what was that parody of?
1: This song. No, it wasn't. What?
0: It's a parody of Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. But you're quite right that it reminds you of Amish Paradise because Gangster's Paradise was based on this, which was Pastime Paradise by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, I
1: thought you hated Gangster's Paradise. I do. Then why don't you hate this song so because this similar. song because
0: this song is brilliant and gangster's paradise is a piece of trash <laughs> let's fly back to 1973 for the album inner visions our first pick from that and this is he's Mr know it all
2: he's a man with a plan Got gonna fit in his head Making sure that he won't be the last he's mr know it all Um nah Nah I don't like
1: that one. Why not? I just
0: didn't like it. Can you put your finger on why?
1: Repetitive and
0: Okay, okay. Away. I'll take that. But it's a great repetitive that he's Mr. Know It All Bit. I think that's a really good hook in a song. So far you've kind of Quite like the stuff off Songs in the Key of Life, so maybe the fact that we've got another one from that will be helpful. Maybe. This is track called I Wish. But not that much. You know, you said something while we were listening to it. What did you say?
1: I sort of recognise it, but I can't think where from.
0: Okay, now you remember I mentioned that Coolio had a number one hit single with Gangster's Paradise. Yeah. Well, a few years after... um, He had
1: another one. (laughs)
0: Not him. Someone else Otherwise he
1: would be a massive git.
0: A few years after, someone else took a sampled version of a Stevie Wonder song to number one. And that person was the fresh prince of Bel-Air, Will Smith. Okay. I and like he Will used, Smith. going to
1: put me off him?
0: No. He used that as the theme for Wild Wild West. Which, one? which was a movie, a terrible movie that he was in. In the mid to late 90s, Stevie Wonder effectively had another couple of number one singles in his career, but as a writer, because he obviously didn't perform on them. But yeah, I wish he's a a great funk song. So let's hear another ballad from much, much earlier in his career. This is before his thing that I mentioned, the purple patch. It's from the album For Once In My Life, and it is the title track.
2: Someone I've needed so long For once unafraid I can go where life is me Somehow I know I'll be strong For once I can touch What my heart used to dream of Long before
1: The harmonica,
0: the harmonica was very good. The harmonica in that is typical Stevie Wonder. There is, you can hear a harmonica break in a song and if it's him playing it, you know it's him playing it. It's the most distinctive harmonica player in the world. I've got an album by Elton John called Songs in the West Coast and there's a track on there called Dark Diamond and when I first heard it there's a harmonica break and I went like that sounds like Stevie Wonder and it's also he's on um, There Must Be an Angel Playing With My Heart by Eurhythmics. and when you hear it you go like oh that's Stevie Wonder and you just check the credits and go yep yeah. because it, you don't actually when you get to recognize that sound you just know without bothering to check oh Stevie Wonder's playing on this because he's the most distinctive player possibly of any instrument in the world. It's that signature. And that's a classic Motown song. So he was on the Motown label for years as a young man. And then in the early 70s, he wanted more creative control. And Motown, to their credit, let him have it. They said, OK, you can do what you like. And that's when we had the string of incredible classic albums where he pretty much wrote everything on them. Whereas in the 60s, he was doing songs like this, which were written by other people, as well as some of his own stuff. For Once in My Life is a Motown classic. So the next track I placed on here is from Inner Visions. And you already knew this when I made you the CD because it's featured in a film with some anthropomorphic animals. It's Don't You Worry About Things.
2: When you get food, but don't you worry about a thing Don't you worry about a thing mama. Cause I'll be standing on the side When you check it out When you get off get you. Don't you worry about
0: a thing.
1: don't know what film it is. I vaguely recognise it, but not much.
0: Would it help if you had the visuals of it being sung by an elephant jumping up and down? No. <laughs> In a film where there are an awful lot of songs sung by other animals, including pigs and a gorilla and a porcupine, a punk porcupine with a guitar.
1: Sing. Yes. I hate that film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you liked the film when I made you the CD. I, no, I don't...
1: Well, compared to... You remember other, the shy
0: elephant who, who's got yeah. a great voice but won't sing? She sings Don't You Worry About a Thing. They're I don't making mind a sequel, it, but I'd
1: just really like, hug.
0: The music's great. It's
1: going to be better than Minions 2. I haven't seen that yet. So and don't, I don't want to.
0: to don't you worry voice, about a you're thing. You're going to make me. Don't you worry about a thing from Inner Visions? So let's move on to another song from his Magnum Opus Songs in the Key of Life, and it's Another Star. That was the song that closed the original double album before there was then the four-track EP that was added on as well. What do you think? Nah. Okay, well, I like another style. I think it's a song that builds and goes. I don't like
1: the style. I don't like this other style.
0: Okay, well, I suppose it's a bit Latin style. Latin American mm. style. I mean, it's an album where the styles of music that he uses don't half-change a lot throughout. It's a very varied and quality album. It's often cited as one of the greatest albums ever recorded and certainly among the greatest double albums ever recorded. But if you think about it, it's actually a five-side album. It's that long. Oh, well, you can't like like them all. Mm. There's no point getting uptight about it.
1: Hey, again, it's a
0: bit of a mess for me. It's a very early Stevie Wonder song. It came from 1965. That's the same year that the album's Help and Rubber Soul came out by the Beatles. Just to date it. They're better. So, well, I wouldn't disagree. But <laughs> Uptight is a great early Stevie Wonder single. Very Motown style again, like the early stuff was before he then really found his own sound and voice. Um, So I think age-wise he was probably only a year or maybe two years older than you when he recorded and released that. What? His voice had dropped and broken uh, and they were concerned he might not be a successful recording artist and then they recorded that and he was back at the top of the charts again. He's had a very long and varied career and he's still...
1: How did he become a chart hit at 15?
0: Because he was a musical prodigy. He was a chart hit at and 13 came- with a track called Fingertips. Back to the Inner Visions album. This is our third visit for a track called Higher Ground.
1: That but I have
0: no clue where from. I'm not entirely sure where you'd recognize it from, mm. apart from perhaps listening to this a few years back. Because I think it's actually one of the least recognizable songs I've put on this CD, and I'm not um, sure why I put it on because I don't particularly like it myself.
1: I, I don't mind it.
0: Mm. Well, I think I probably wanted to create a CD that covered a wide range of his career and styles. Okay. I'm glad you like it, because it's not my favourite.
1: It's, it's
0: something I, I think minded. I appreciate when I, I listen to it.
1: I didn't say I like it, I said I don't mind it.
0: The next song, though, I really do like, and there's a time when I didn't, I first heard this...
1: Sounds like I'm not going to like it, then. No,
0: I first heard this as a cover version by George Michael and Mary J. Blige, and it's a two-letter title, it's called As. Now can reveal the mystery of
2: tomorrow
1: I didn't really
0: like that one. Well, Joel, you're wrong, because As is a great song. I even like now the cover version that I mentioned before we listened to it. I think it's a great song. It's, it's The lyrics are superb. They are worth studying in terms of the fact that they sound poetic without trying to sound like somebody's writing poetry. It's a really, really good song, As. But you can't win them all. So let's listen to another early single. I think this was from his transition from being the Motown singles artist into the Serious Albums artist of the 70s and it's signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. (coughs)
1: Did it at young voices
0: a few years ago yes you did didn't you and
1: i think that's what made you do this
0: it might have been what prompted the idea i think i'd always intended to do a stevie wonder thing he's got such a rich and varied career you're always yeah. going to get stevie wonder it may have just accelerated up the list of things a little bit that i was putting together when after
1: I did, you did the Young Le-
0: voices the- and also when you liked sing because you did like the film sing we're drawing towards the end our final pick now from inner visions and it's Living for the City. Now, before we listen to it, it's worth noting that Stevie Wonder not only wrote great pop hits, he also wrote great political songs. And this is one of them. A boy's
2: born in hard time, Mississippi, surrounded by for walls that ain't so pretty. His parents give him love and affection to keep him strong in the right direction, living just enough, just enough for the city.
0: Meh. <sighs> Meh on one of the greatest political songs of the 70s. Do you know why it's a political song? Nope. It's about poverty, and in particular, black poverty in the 70s, and how they had to struggle so hard, which is hard for us to understand with our white privilege, really but it's a good song let's listen to something a little bit more palatable perhaps from talking book and it's you are the sunshine of my life you are the sunshine It's a a love song to whoever it is that he was in love with at the time. What's interesting about it is, did you notice there were different vocalists? No. Well, it kicks off with a bloke called Jim Gilstrap, who sings the first couple of lines. Then there's a woman who sings the next two lines, and then it's Stevie Wonder sings the rest. That's a highly unusual thing to do on a single credited to somebody like Stevie Wonder. But well, I think it's a good song. It's, it's a lovely song. It's, it's one, I suppose, that lives outside of his career in that people use it for things like weddings and stuff. So let's go for the final time to Songs in the Key of Life for another of his great political songs. This one perhaps is more overt and that is Village Ghetto Land.
2: like to go with me down my dead-end street? Would you like to come with me to Village Ghetto Line? See the people lock their doors while robbers laugh and steal. Beggers watch and eat their meals
1: from and
0: again it's a song that grows on you over time it's mm. not exactly what you call a hit again it's about the struggle of uh, black people in America living in what were like ghettos. And struggling to make things bar, get get by when there's crime everywhere. It's a, it's a hard song to listen to, but it's a really good one. I mentioned earlier his sole UK number one hit single that he had, and that was I Just Called to Say I Love You, which is, for an artist of the calibre of Stevie Wonder, an absolute travesty. It's a horrible song. Really, it's one of those songs that ends up being on the top... The list of worst number one singles of all time, because it's just horrible. And his other UK number one, which was a duet, you do know. And it was Ebony and Ivory with Paul McCartney. But that was it. That was the only UK number ones he had in the uh, singles chart. We've come to our final track. And it's from probably my personal favourite Stevie Wonder album, which is, oh, this is the only track I picked from it. And it's, the album's called Fulfillingness First Finale. It was released the year I was born, in 74. And it's They Won't Go When I Go.
2: they feeling small Weak when standing tall I've watched them fall Cause they will were-
0: Very slow. Do you know what it's about? No. It's about the return of Jesus and the fact that people that believe in him will go with him but others will be left behind. The Americans believe in something called the rapture which is that all the Christians will be taken out of the world before the stuff from Revelation happens. And when he's saying people sinning just for fun they will never see the sun and it's that immorality and the like will be punished and they will be left behind when the Christians are taken to be with God. Mm. It's a very deep song, which is why it's got a gospel feel to it, because it is, in effect, a gospel song. It's I first came across it as a cover version, again, by George Michael on the Listen Without Prejudice album, and I loved it then, and I love it now. And it's one of the reasons why I think Fulfilling This First Finale is my favourite Stevie Wonder album it's not my favourite Stevie Wonder song that is still lately but they won't go when I go comes a very close second so that concludes the run through of Stevie Wonder what do you think of it overall
1: it's okay
0: yeah it wasn't one of your favourites was it no I think it's one that in time like a few of the others will grow on you the more you listen to it and as Mm. you get older there's a song I wish I'd included and just looking through I'm surprised I didn't and it's called I Ain't Gonna Stand For It from Hotter Than July, which is just an absolutely banging song. But we've come to the end of the main part of the podcast, which means it's time for.
1: My turn! It's Joel's Revenge time! What do you got? Today I've got a song about years and years called If You're Over Me.
0: Okay, let's hear it. Don't
2: come around saying I still want you. One minute you say, i so what did you think
0: i actually quite like that mm. I, I think i've heard it before i think you played it in the car before yeah but i actually quite like that i think it's a it's, decent it's on my song.
1: now 100 cd
0: yeah it's not my favorite song it's it's mm. never gonna probably make you my top thousand but it's quite pleasant and if you put that on i'm not gonna complain too much cool so that was a nice revenge joel nice ish well, better than many other ones you subjected me to in the last season. I dread to think what you've got lined up from terrible YouTubers this time around.
1: Uh, I've only think, got like two more YouTube songs
0: left. Well, that was episode 21, the first of season two, the Stevie Wonder episode. It's good to be back, isn't it, Joel?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, thank you very much for listening. As ever, we'll just plug our other bits and pieces of media. I've got my YouTube channel, Pock and Rop. I've got my YouTube channel,
1: Fox Eating Movies
0: Gaming. And we'd love you to head on over and watch those things. But of course, the main thing you can do is just support us with the podcast. Now, we haven't got any mm. Patreon and we can't monetize our podcast, I think, because yes. we use... No, it's because we use clips Pod- and songs oh, and so yeah. we've been making money from other people's things. So... We have no intention really of going to Patreon, but the best thing you can do is tell other people about the podcast, share it, particularly if they, there's an episode that you know that they might well like because they've got a favourite artist, share it with them, send them a the link. That would be absolutely fantastic because we'd love to see people grow a bit more, wouldn't we? Yeah. So thank you very much for listening and this is Generation Mix signing off.
2: Bye! Bye. Bye.